This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Hello, Eno Saris. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now that that's all over with. What, the sponsorship? Your great sponsorship? <laughs> no, the oh, trade deadline. Oh, the tra- oh, the trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. It, it, it's kind of like you went out to dinner. You thought it was going to be like, oh, this meal's going to be so good. You have it. You walk out. You get home, and someone asks you, "Hey, how was that restaurant?" You go, eh, "It's all right." Mm. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit more on the dud side, but yeah, that's about you know, if without the Mets. If the Mets had not taken part, if the Mets had not sold, it would have been one of the worst trade deadlines ever. <laughs> I was, we were trying to debate. I'm like, is Grichik the best position player? Right? He's got to be. Best it was player, right? really light on position players. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe Heimer Candelario. I don't know. Yeah, that's harder. And and the Mets thing, it's, it's so, well, first of all, I think it's going to change the sport. You had a team go all in 330 plus million. The high, forget the highest payroll in baseball. It's the highest payroll in the history of American sports in any sport. And within four months, they're dumping it, realizing, uh-oh, abort, abort, abort. And you're just wondering this whole analogy of, and I love this analogy, flying the plane and trying to refuel as the plane's in the air. <laughs> Hard to do and very dangerous, but it's kind of where everybody's going, Right. After these past couple winter meetings, the needle. everybody's like, you know, they're starting to realize, do I really want to offer Carlos Correa 13 years or Xander Bogarts or Trey Turner? All the, I, I just, man, the Mets, what they did, I, I think you're going to start seeing, you know, in the future, and we'll talk about the winter meetings in Nashville months from now, but I just have a feeling where this sport is going to go if, if the Padres don't make the playoffs and they've guaranteed all this money, Mets did everything they could to – they didn't really dump – well, they dumped the money into the laps of the Rangers and the – here, take our players, but obviously – And our money. And, and it's going to help them, though, off the luxury tax, which from a baseball accounting thing, I don't understand. Well, I mean, you know, I agree that it may change baseball, but I, I think I may agree uh, – I think it may change baseball in a different way. I'm, I'm sort of thinking about the fact that the Mets just bought prospects. They just put uh, they're paying 90 million dollars of the Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander deals going forward. And for that 90 million dollars, they got three prospects that are back end top 100 guys. Uh, You know, by the math, what we think those prospects are worth, they overpaid a little. But they also did get some luxury tax savings that sort of made it. That's the big thing that us because we're not baseball accountants right yeah we don't know exact because that might save because then you get rid of canna and you get rid of fam and you get rid of everybody i don't know how much i have a feeling though we're gonna figure out that they saved a lot of money getting under these whatever the couple i think they're gonna go down a couple of these thresholds 
Yeah, interestingly enough, they still have about $300 million on the payroll for oh, next yeah. year. Oh, it's just that 150 of it will be playing elsewhere. <laughs> it's crazy, I mean, right, how it affected them just wanting to dump money affected the entire American League West race, entire and infected the entire American League playoffs. I do wonder if if teams will be mad about how sort of brazenly they just bought prospects, uh, you know, but I think that there was the, the I was I think it was the right move for them. You know, they chose a path and they went all in on that path and uh, they got the most they could. And now, uh, you know, I would say that they went from a, you know, a mediocre sort of, you know, close to the middle uh, uh, farm system to one that, you know, is probably closer to the top 10. Um, and they did that in all of a sudden, in, you know, in one trade deadline. So I, I think they did well. Uh, it's a little bit better for me than like what the White Sox did, which were they're like, no, we want to be good next year. So we're not uh. going to trade anybody that would actually get us any prospects. We're only going to trade, you know, all our rentals away. And, you know, they got uh, they got a double A catcher. They did OK, but people are not sure he can catch. And I doubt he's going to be playing for that team next year. So, uh, you know, uh, the Mets went all in. I like that. OK, so you, you like what they did. I kind of do. I mean, okay. they, they decided to sell and they got as much as they could out of it. And they used the money. That's their biggest resource. They use that money to buy prospects. OK, uh, Rangers, Astros, obviously the big moves. Which one did you like better? I've got a piece coming out uh, tomorrow where I look at the numbers. I look at the projections and how they changed before and after the trade deadline. And I think that I have the Astros as making the number one biggest uh, impactful move, like just one move, the Justin Verlander move. And this is it's partly because you have to think about teams as full depth charts, 26 man rosters, 40 man rosters. What they did was take Ronel Blanco, Brandon Belock, like that's not a great situation. And they made that Justin Verlander. So that was a huge leap in terms of what the projections say Justin Verlander is going to do. It was a huge leap for them as a team. So number one, most impactful move, Justin Verlander. Number one team in terms of acquiring talent, obviously the Rangers. You know, they go and get uh, multiple arms, Aroldis Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, and uh and max scherzer and uh that's that was their weakness of their team that's a team that can really score runs and they got better with the the uh the uh the arms and, i do and, have and, a, a couple they, secrets and, and, in there a couple surprises and they got stratton that will help as a reliever and at the very end austin hedges picked up behind the dish because jonah heim's been hurt they're so, not sure what yeah yeah so they got yeah. they, they got all kinds of stuff yeah, yeah. There were a couple teams that did smaller moves that moved the needle just by, frankly, being not that good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Brewers are, I'll give away some of it, but the Brewers uh, managed to change their projections the most. And they only got Carlos Santana, Mark Canna, and Andrew Chafin. That's not stars, but guess what? They did not have anything in those places. Those are really important places for them. They really made impactful moves by taking something that was not good and making it okay. Um, so the, the Brewers deadline was one I think that was really underrated. Nobody's really talking about that because, you know, you don't talk about it because you don't think about those guys as stars. And Mark Hanna, 
you know, is always one of those, I think, underappreciated guys, you know, can really get on base for you, is a better defender than you think, uh, and the power comes and goes, but, you know, he's a good player. You add to the fabric of your team versus bringing in the big, big, big fish, and you look at the big trade deadline winners, 2018, it was the Dodgers with Manny Machado. They didn't win. 2019 was the was the Astros with Grinky. They didn't win. 2020, can't count 2020. 2021 was Scherzer and Trey Turner, the Dodgers. They didn't win. They didn't win. And then last year was Soto, Bell, Hader, and Drury, and the Padres didn't win. So just because you win the deadline doesn't mean you're going to win the World Series. The, the flip side is that every World Series winner has made an addition you know, at the trade deadline. Add so to that, the fabric, right? You got to add to the fabric. And the one that I think of as being like, oh, that was a great trade deadline was Alex Anthopoulos the year the Braves won. Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall, and Eddie Rosario. None of those guys are stars. They didn't win that trade deadline, but that was their starting outfield when they won it all, you know? And yeah. the, all those guys have their different flaws. They were all super cheap to get. And they all you know, played a decent enough outfield that they won it all. So uh, that's why I kind of like the Brewers, uh, the Brewers, the Brewers to kind of remind me of that, of just, hey, we have these three needs and there's these three guys out there that are not going to cost that much. Let's get those guys. By the way, Houston won earlier today. So right now they're tied atop the AL West. You go back to, I had the date here, uh, June 28th, the Rangers had a six-game lead. So if the Rangers lose, right now they're up 2 nothing in the bottom of the second, but if they lose tonight, the Astros will be in first place. Wow, it's uh, the AOS has gotten crazy. I yeah, wanted... and did you see Did you see how much talent came into the AOS? Like, I think oh. the three most buying as teams were in the Angels, AOS. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting that they identified this division maybe as gettable. Maybe they thought saw, saw that the Rangers are going to come back to earth and they don't think the Astros are as good, but the Astros went out and got Verlander. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good race, I think. Well, I mean, you just look at the Texas the the, the Houston Astros have been to the ALCS six straight years, four World Series appearances and two titles. And and the AL West, there's been times we've been super competitive. It's just like everybody talks about East, 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 and you forget how competitive the AL West is. But I had to ask you. Who's the? Who are the? There's got to be a couple teams, and I just, you know, I I know how your great mind works. Where you just got to be going, what the hell are you guys doing? Two teams are my big losers, the Orioles and the Reds. And the reason that I say this is not that they didn't go and get a big rental like a Lucas Giolito or anything like that, but what I think they should have done is something that the the Rays did. The Rays went and sent Kyle Mazzardo, a legitimate bat prospect to the Guardians for Aaron Savali. Now, I'm not saying they should have gotten Aaron Savali. You can have your own opinions about whether or not Aaron Savali is good or not. I think he's pretty good, but, you know, whatever. My point is they should have done something like that. There were names out there. The Mariners were dangling pitchers. The Marlins are always dangling pitchers. And uh, the Guardians traded a pitcher. So those are three teams that might have traded a pitcher if you gave them a good enough bat prospect. What do the Reds and Orioles have? They got bat prospects coming out of the woodworks. They, they can't even put them on the team. You know, they, 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 they've got the Reds have Noel V. Marte. They don't have anywhere to put them on their team. You know, they, they've got such a stacked lineup with young guys. The Orioles are just flush with young position talent. 
What they should have done is taken this time to go get a controllable starter that will help them going forward. Because I love Hunter Green. I love Grayson Rodriguez. They have some talent in those rotations, but they don't really have bankable veteran innings. And, you know, to have that for this year and a couple of years would have been worth a real prospect. I mean, the Rays showed us that it was worth a real prospect. That takes me back to the graphic yesterday, and it's been shown again today. Obviously, they worked hard on this MLB network, and I was I was watching it. They put this graphic up, and you've worked at MLB Network before. You know how it's like. They had the they had the panel of five guys, and when they put this graphic up, and Dan O'Dowd was leading it, the former GM, everybody just went, "Whoa! I cannot believe that." It's this. Since 2013 to 2022, prospects traded as 573. Out of those 573 players that are impact guys, only 3% became impact players. Only 10.8% became guys that played a lot. Regular. Regular. And then from 2013 to 2018, 29% of those guys never even made to the big leagues at all. Not even one inning, one at bat, one inning. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I totally believe that. I've seen a number also that sort of 25% were, you know, even had positive war for two years in the big leagues. So that, you know, even contributed, even made it to the big league. So, um, you know, they, it, it's this, people don't understand that prospects in general have a 50, 50 bus rate. Even top 100 prospects, you know, even good prospects, it gets a little better at the very top. The top 10 have a better than 50-50 chance. But if you take the top 100 as a, as a group, they have a 50-50 chance of making it. So prospects in general, not as bankable as people think, you know. And then you always you always get like pop-up guys that weren't prospects, but now they're good, you know. Like, yeah. So that's, that's, how the, that's how the league is made up. But uh, then if you trade them, what happened is a team said, we see some stuff here. We're not sure, you know, so it doesn't surprise me at all that it's not 50, 50 in the traded population. They decided, yeah, you can have this guy. (laughs) So I would, I would assume it was a bit less than 50, 50. And I think that to some extent we've gone too far on the prospect hugging. And, you know, I think we sometimes value uh, uh, team control too much. I mean, uh, you know, Kyle Manzardo was, uh, was a big, uh, a get for the guardians. Um, and it was because Aaron Savali has another year or two, but you know, that depends on how good do you think Aaron Savali is? You know? Um, so I just think, uh, I think that there's something going on here where, uh, people think of prospects as sure things and, uh, it's definitely not true. No, it's not. And then you, you look at some teams and, you know, you mentioned Baltimore, you mentioned Boston. How are you feeling if you're a Yankees fan? And then you hear about Domingo Herman today going to be going to uh, work on. He's got a problem with alcohol and he's going to go get some help and good luck to him. But, but if you're a Yankee fan, what are you thinking right now? That's sort of why I like the Mets in opposition to the Yankees, because the Mets looked around and said, now nah, we're going to actually sell, you know, and they and they took a path and they went it. The, the Yankees took the the no path. <laughs> they got one yeah. rental reliever, Kenyon Middleton from the White Sox, and that was it. Um, I don't maybe they just didn't think that they would get much for their guys. I think there's a dual edged sword of Yankee fandom pressure, which is this. They expect you to make the playoffs every year. And they have for, you know, six or seven straight years, they've made the playoffs, but they also don't think that's enough. 
you know? And so if you're Brian Cashman and you're looking at this team, you could say, well, I'm not sure this is a world series team. So I'm not going to spend a lot to, to, to improve it, but are you going to sell and maybe miss the playoffs? And when do they start calling for your job? I mean, they already are. No. Yeah. They're yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brian cat, no matter what Brian Cashman does. Yeah. I mean, it's like they, they've like the Mets, they can kind of go through a rebuild. Like Steve Cohen, it seems like they made that decision. They're going to do it. Just like the Yankees can't do that now. They just they, they yeah. position themselves not to do that. I'll give you another team. How about the Twins? Yeah, they could have they could have they could have done way more than I mean, I don't even know did they do something? Not really. I'm trying to think. I don't think they did anything. No. And they're in first in their division, but it's a tough division. I mean, they, the guy, the team that they're battling for the division with sold basically. Yes. So. And they're still battling with them. That's like, you know, you pretty much get a little bit of help and you pretty much guarantee your path to the playoffs. I was surprised they didn't get a Tommy Pham or Mark Canna because a right-handed outfielder would have helped them. They have a bunch of left-handed guys in the outfield, but they also have a right-handed guy named Byron Buxton who hasn't been playing well. And there was an announce, there was a sort of quote from Derek Falvey that was like, the, the guys in that room need to perform better. And I don't like how that absolves him, that tries to absolve him of any guilt of, of not doing anything at the deadline. Oh, it's, you know, I, I could do whatever I wanted, but those guys had to play better. It's, it's on them, you know. I don't like that aspect of it, but I, in some ways I agree because what they have is Carlos Correa um, and Byron Buxton really underperforming and you know if your stars uh are going to underperform that badly you know you're just gonna at some level you have to hope that they'll get it back together i kind of put the giants and the mariners i know jerry depoto was like yeah we're gonna be buyers and sellers but you kind of like walk away going huh what the hell did people do like they did a deal together like aj pollock has been hurt I think the Giants had the worst deadline. Like, I mean, what the they, hell like, were they doing? What's what's Farhan? But wait a minute, they're gonna mix a match and make sure they get their lefty righty matchup in the third inning. I'm like, what, what what's going on? No, what I really dislike about it is that AJ Pollock trade was a waiver claim disguised as a trade. I mean, they could have waited two days after Canzone comes over, they would have released Pollock and they could have claimed him. So I don't, yeah. I don't think that was actually a trade. So I would, I'm going to give Farhan zero trades at the deadline. I'm not going <laughs> to give him credit for the Pollock trade. He did zero trades at the deadline. We're taking and, that off the board. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Maybe he had a bad taste in his mouth from the Chris Bryant acquisition, but that's what they should be doing because you know, they do have mix and match and they have, they have such a team that they could literally get a, a quote unquote rental star. Maybe that wasn't available. We were just talking about the best bat that moved to the day deadline was, you know, was Mark Canna or Randall Grichuk. So maybe they just didn't think that that would, that would solve things for him. However, they went and got AJ Pollock and said, he, we needed a right-handed outfielder. And the three top guys that moved in, were right-handed outfielders, Fam, Grichuk, and Canna. So they could have gotten one of those guys, and it probably would have been better than Pollock. So <laughs> I don't – I mean, and then their opponents in this race, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the ones that they're playing right now, go and get Tommy Pham and go and get Paul Seawald and go and get better. So uh, I don't I don't know what they're doing. I mean, maybe, maybe this is a transition to the young guys on the Giants. Uh, maybe they – don't project the Giants to be as good as their record so far. You know, maybe they're saying we're not this good. So we should just do nothing. You know. Wow. That's kind of a defeatist <laughs> mentality, right? 
<laughs> By the way, I, I, one of the biggest shockers in baseball, Mitch Handiger is still hurt. So yeah, hey, he got hit by a pitch. Right, the Cal Ripken of the outfield, Mitch Handiger. <laughs> no, I, you I, got I, it. I never he got hit by a pitch. I mean, he's always <laughs> he's he's always healthy. Yeah, I was. I mean, if you're a Giants fan, I'd be furious. Yeah, I mean, there's been yeah. a lot of talk. I get it. You offered. I mean, first of all, the one guy that accepted your deal, now you realize what an awful, awful deal Carlos Correa would have been for 13 years. I just, mm -hmm. I just, I, if you're a Giants fan and, you know, if we're going to, if we ever get a chance to kick him, we're going to kick him. It's just like, what are they doing? What's, what's the game? Why is nobody is it, they seem like they're always the bridesmaid is nobody taking their money because of taxes or because of some you know idea of what san francisco is which i i just don't agree with i know there's this idea of san francisco is you know some somehow in ruin you know I, yeah i love the city you know there <laughs> is I a lot i was in hawaii and a couple of uber drivers were like oh bay area da, 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 and immediately there is a well. All you got to do is look at tourism, and it's down over thirty percent. San Francisco hotels are down. Every tur tourism is way down. They just San Francisco was an international fashion place, and they just closed their major mall, Nordstroms, all of them. See you later. Yeah, there's 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 the public per the public perception of San Francisco is not good. It's weird, though, because my perception of it when I'm in it is, has, you know, yes, there has its problems. But it's, You're going it's, it's to bars, similar. though. That's the problem. You're just hanging out I'm going bars. to bars. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the bars are as derelict as they've ever been. I don't know what they're talking Nothing's about. Nothing's <laughs> changed. What is that? <laughs> I've still got great beer here. I love the smell in this place. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great place to party. There's no question about it. But yeah, it's uh I don't does that really affect players? It, I don't know. They it seems like they were in on Judge and maybe the judge was just using them to get his price higher. They were in on Korea and Korea well, It's not I, like you know, the Bronx is Beverly Hills. It, what, yeah, what I heard was <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but you can live somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Far they, away. Yeah, but I guess, you know, that could be that's true here too. Like you could like live in Marin or you could live wherever. Like it's a you, whole bay. You could live in Walnut you know? Creek for God's sake. You, yeah, you don't have to live like in the yeah. middle of the of the pan. Are you telling me? Are, are, are you telling Mets players are living in Queens? Yeah, right. Exactly. No. Yeah. no, 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 no. So I, I don't I don't know what it is, but taxes are are, are a big deal. But I had a big a, deal a by the way. For them. By the way, that's a I big a, deal. I my buddy. I had a fun solution. My buddy. I, I just let, to, let me say this real quick. My buddy who's an NFL agent. One of the top ones in the business. He has a lot of big time players. He started bringing that to my attention years ago. Going, oh, taxes, California, thirteen point three percent. It's a major deal. Yeah, I, and I and I tried to float a solution. I had a player. I had a, a person in the front office say that we have a tax wouldn't. solution by Eno Saris. Here's the idea. I love this. So you're trying to sign a t a person who lives in Florida, lives in Texas, where there's no yeah. taxes, yeah. right? Give him. $50 million right away. $50 million signing bonus. In Texas. In Florida. They get all of that without having to pay anything in Texas or Florida. I don't think it works that way. Well... It does. You you pay you pay where you earn it, and it, when you when you get your paychecks, you pay you get you 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 pay where you earn it. So you get your weekly paycheck. So if a know, California LLC pays you 50 million 
And you receive it in Texas. You're you're getting it in Texas. Are you sure about this? I was told that this might work from a player side. This is what I was told from the team side. Because I'm immediately moving to Florida and having the A's pay me. (laughs) Well, they they said uh, they don't think ownership would be like, hey, yeah, let's get fifty million dollars hard cash together right now. That's not that's not how team ownership works either. You know what I mean? Well, I can like tell you this. Million dollars sitting around. They they bring money in and they put money out, but they don't necessarily have fifty million dollars like just sitting there to be like, oh yeah, we'll give Judge fifty million up front and everything else on the back end. Well, here here's an interesting one. So when John Gruden signed that ten years, it was a ten years hundred million dollar deal. Majority of all that was backloaded when the team would be going to Nevada. He barely made anything. <laughs> barely the two years in Oakland, there was barely any money that he made. He made a little bit, but the majority. And maybe of that was partially because the taxes are different in Nevada. Totally, that's exactly why they did it. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think you could do something like this, but um, you know, it is uh, it is it is it is something that comes. Up. Sabian talked about it a lot. You know, he said it was a reason that people said no. So I, oh, I totally. think you got to do something, you know, creative on it. Do you know the first player I ever heard? Oh, you actually could backload. You could backload what we were talking about. The the Washington Nationals backloaded uh, uh, Scherzer and and Strasburg. What if you just backloaded a lot and be like, when you're done here, move home, and you get all that stuff tax free? I gotta see how it works. I don't know. You're, I think it works that way. You're getting paid by a California team, so I because. I, you are technically like an independent. You don't pay taxes on what you pay. You pay taxes on what you get. So if you like, if you're a retired player and you're living in Texas and you're just getting ten million dollars a year from the Giants, why would you pay ta- California taxes? You're just living in Texas. You're retired. Well, you only pay California taxes when you play in California. That's what I'm saying. But there's, <laughs> but, but and when you get the signing but, bonus or you get the backloaded stuff, you're not playing there. So in the NFL. All their contracts have signing bonuses. Yeah. That's where I we, think that's you, partially you, the reason. You know what? I could get the answer to that. Let me get the answer to that because there might be people out there who know tax more than us going, you sports guys are idiots. That's not how it works. Let me check it. <laughs> I will check this because I'm interested in it because clearly it was Gary Sheffield. If you remember the Mike Piazza trade from L.A. to Florida, it was the first time I ever heard it where – Gary Sheffield, to okay the deal, needed L.A. to pay him more money because he was going to lose money because of taxes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, that's pretty smart. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> so, I mean, think I like about that. it. If you're talking, I mean, just people don't want to think about this. Look how much more. It's, it was like $9 million or something because the deal for five years, $95 million, was the same for – for Pablo Sandoval with the Giants and the Red Sox. They had the same deal, but the Red Sox deal was worth a lot more because it's a flat state tax in Massachusetts of 5%. But just think about this. If yeah, I, when you start getting that $300 million and stuff, yeah. like, of course, like 5 10% makes the difference. So if I play for, like, let's just say the San Francisco Giants, I'm going to get taxed for the 81 games that I play at Oracle Park I'm going to get taxed the California rate in L.A., the games against LA, the Dodgers. San Diego. Uh, San yeah. Diego, Oakland, and Anaheim. Yeah. yeah. If I play in Florida, I only get taxed on a West Coast trip. So the yeah. amount of money that you make somewhere else in taxes is really unbelievable. And yeah, fan, it really is. fans don't want to hear it. They go, oh, you know, it's only $8 more million. You're like, it's $8 million. 
Yeah, I had a friend, uh, you know, who's in lobbying that was saying that it wouldn't be a terrible idea to try to lobby the state, you know, for the A's situation to let lobby the state to help uh, come in and use some of the money they make specifically off of baseball players in taxes uh, to 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 help, you know, whatever, create the stadium situation in Oakland. <laughs> All righty. We got to get going now. Yeah. Are you sad? Deadline's over. We don't have the waiver process. No, I mean, you know, just you, pencils down, pencils down. Although I think maybe we could delay, <laughs> we could delay the, the, uh, the, the, the whole thing, maybe a week or something and get a better sense of who's buying and selling. I like pencils down. Everybody say, oh, test is <laughs> over. I don't have half my answers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Next week, rocking and rolling. Uh, hey, by the way, we got to get some, uh, we got to get some commercials. Starting tomorrow. We're recording tomorrow. Be ready to rock. All right. All righty. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.